Hello and welcome back into week seven of our Sermon on the Mount podcast series. And this week I am here with my friend Reese. What's up, Landon? And we are taking a little deviation off the course. Uh, We are taking a little time to stop the Sermon on the Mount and get on our knees and pray. Isn't that right? Yeah. And so Reese is going to take a little time here to just frame up our discussion, maybe give us a little context of where we were last week and what we're hopping into this week. Yeah, so last week Derek uh, discussed Matthew 6, um, 1 through 18. He hit uh, Jesus' instruction about giving to the needy, uh, how to pray, and how to fast. Um, So it kind of really smoothly really smoothly segues into this week um, if we zoom in on a few verses in the prayer section that he was explaining um, so Matthew 6 verses 6, 7, and 8 I'm going to just go ahead and read them in the NIV but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is in secret then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and when you pray do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So um, the verse for this week is in Luke, it's Luke 12, uh, verse 32. So the, the beautiful thing about that is we're going to spend this week kind of discussing contemplative prayer, pulling out that idea that... Um, Many words don't really get you into the heart of God, Hmm. um, explaining what that means, what prayer looks like. And uh, this week, um, of course, if you see the the guide, um, we're going to be going through some Lectio Divina on this verse. So I'm super excited for that. Awesome. So maybe to start, we can kind of unpack that practice you just mentioned, Lectio Divina, maybe give us a little crash course for those who aren't familiar in what that is. Uh, and how we'll be practicing it this week. Yeah, so Lectio Divina is more formational reading than it is informational reading. So it has more to do with your heart listening to the words than your mind uh, taking in information. Um, So kind of what that looks like practically is you take a verse or a passage, a story, a chapter, however small or big um, the amount that you're reading, You read it through once, kind of pull some things out. You read it through again, pull some more things out. And then as you're noticing, um, as you're noticing different things in the text, you kind of try and see if, try and recognize if God is wanting to say something to you. And then you pray in response to those things. That's good. So this week we're focusing in on Luke 12, uh, 32, and this can really be applied, uh, to really any portion of scripture, as you mentioned, um, just thinking of the the typical college student's experience, the typical college student's prayer life, um, how does this practice connect to the rhythms of maybe a college student's life? Yeah, so just thinking about the difference in how you read a book for college versus how you read a book versus how you read the Bible uh, with God. So um, if you close your eyes and have two mental images, the first, um, how you read a book for college you read to try to be familiar and have a, have knowledge about a subject so that you can go pass a test. Whereas um, Lectio Divina is more about 
rather than filling your head with knowledge. It's more about um, listening to God and becoming the type of person he's calling you to be. So very much, not so much where you're trying to have all the right scriptural answers so that you can pass a test, but more about um, your, you, you know, you growing as a person. Yeah. So it's not so much that, um, I, I could even say from that, college reading and informational reading is more about what you're doing in order to achieve something. Lectio Divina is more about trying to slow down to let God do something in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, allowing Scripture to, to form us. Uh, that's good. So maybe as, what does it look like maybe for, for groups to, to dive into this this week, to spend time in group practicing this together, and maybe what are some potential um, red flags that could pop up or just maybe, um, maybe some signs to avoid um, with this practice? Yeah, so I think when you go into this, probably the easiest way to approach it would be following the verse in its four sections. So let me just read the, read the verse on its own here. Uh, Luke 12, 32 is, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Or, now oh, I also like the translation, for your father is delighted to give you the kingdom. Um, so kind of those four, those four pieces of first, do, don't be afraid. Second, little flock. Third, for your father, for it's your father's good pleasure, or he is delighted, whatever the translation says there. Then the last piece, to give you the kingdom. And kind of first reading, looking at each of those pieces slowly. And then the second reading, reading them as a whole and seeing what really Jesus wants to say to us. Um, so that's that's your uh, that's would be a good approach to how to do it, um, following the guide. And then I think when we go into this um, passage, the red flags, the red flags we can hit, um, you know, I know people have been talking about the red flag of works righteousness. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty big red flag when you're thinking about the Sermon on the Mount. Um, because if you don't read it carefully and realize that this is Jesus pre, pre-cross, um, then it can be really easy to just be like, well, this is, you know, I obey to become righteous, um, for God to see me as righteous. But I think this verse can actually default to the other, other side of that equation where we see God being, being so gracious that we actually um, get tempted to be passive in our life with God. Um, so I think the, the, the one side of the coin is that you can try to obey so much to the point of where um, you think your obedience maintains your standing before God. Your obedience kind of in a weird way indirectly determines whether or not you're forgiven, whether or not you're righteous. Um, the other side of it is that thinking that because God is so gracious that you can just kind of stumble your way into um, into where you're going, into becoming who he wants you to be. Yeah, I think kind of cutting down the middle is just the simple thing of God, you are forgiven. God is moving in your life. And even within this verse, he's giving you the kingdom. So that's just if you know anything about Jesus's uh, words about the kingdom of God. That's kind of huge. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he came and said all these things because he wants us to live life with God on purpose. He doesn't want us to just think that the Christian life is an accident. So I think that that phrase of, of you're doing all of this with God and on purpose, 
that would be a really good paradigm to keep in your head. Um, but then I also think, so there's this, there's this dynamic within Lectio Divina as a spiritual discipline that we also have to keep in mind that Lectio Divina isn't so much a form of obedience, but more a habit of surrender. And so, um, a really interesting quote that I love from one of my favorite authors, David Benner, he says that most people who obey actually haven't surrendered, but that everyone who surrenders eventually obeys. So this is kind of an undergirding habit um, that can free us up. It can help us surrender to God's love and grace so that we can become the type of people who obey the Sermon on the Mount. So so the, the, there's that sense of obedience can be um, conflated with the, the how legitimate our righteousness is. Um, you know, we can think that our, our obedience determines what God um, has said about us. Yeah. But then I also think there's this tough part with spiritual disciplines where we think how well we surrender determines what God thinks about us. Right. Um, how well I pray or how much I want to do Lectio Divina or not um, makes God super happy or super mad. When I think um, actually within this verse, the the tense of the of the father's emotion is past tense. The father is delighted. That's something he's experiencing. But if you actually zoom in on what the Greek word says, actually says, I love how the NIV says it. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Yeah. So this is a this is a gift that, regardless of how you're going to, how how much you're going to obey or how much you're going to surrender to it, he's just simply happy that he gets to give you a gift. Yeah. And I think that's really important because that's that's the thing we have to remember is as God through the habits of surrender called spiritual disciplines, as we do Lectio Divina or any other form of prayer for that matter, we have to remember that we're doing it out of a place of knowing we're forgiven because of what Jesus has done and also knowing that God actually really delights in us and wants to be with us and that the problem isn't so much that we're, you know, that God is tolerating how sinful we are and is just waiting until we're fully holy, but that actually he's passionate about, he's passionate about us. He wants more of us and wants us to be more human because the problem is sin makes us less than what God has designed us to be. Yeah, and hopefully this even reframes the way that we hear the Sermon on the Mount because as you're talking, I'm just thinking really what we should read in these chapters is like that the Lord delights to give us the kingdom of heaven. And what he's doing is trying to realign our hearts away from the kingdom of the world into uh, the kingdom of heaven and to reveal what that is. I mean, he's the image of the invisible God. He's, you know, the word made flesh. He's coming to reveal that the way the, the way of the kingdom of heaven is not the way of the world. And so much of Matthew 5 and 6 is kind of getting at like the heart underneath um, why people do the things that they do. And I think Jesus just really cuts to the heart of the matter here. And I think that as you were speaking, I was even just thinking about, you know, Derek talked last week about how radical it even is just to pray the Lord's Prayer frequently. Um, and just to say those words like, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, those are just words of surrender and words of, Lord, I want to surrender myself to your kingdom, but also I want to like align myself to where I'm ready for its coming. Yeah, I think the um, the headspace we can often find ourselves in when we're reading long lists of commandments 
is forgetting that these happen within the middle of a story. So before we see it as Jesus is commanding this of me, we have to look at the first layer and say, this is actually just being included within a story. So primarily, Jesus was commanding these things of his disciples. So I do think this was in there so that we could follow it. But the, the first audience was the disciples at the time. And just noticing that, that, that makes me think about um, when I think about things like loving your enemies or um, praying for those who persecute you or even um, doing what's absolutely necessary to not uh, be lustful. Um, that shows that God desires a world where love abounds, where we're constantly praying, even for the people we don't like, where a woman, uh, a, a world where a woman mainly, because um, Jesus is predominantly talking to men there, um, but just anyone in general, a world where people are not sexually objectified. Um, that's that's the type of world that God desires, and I think if we see that first, then say, okay, God actually wants me to be beautiful and yeah. believes I can be beautiful. Yeah. And he commands me um, because he thinks it's actually possible. So God values me so much that he calls me into those things. Mm-hmm. He, he loves the world and loves me so much that he desires beauty. He desires more of what he designed us to be. So I think that's, that's always a good first layer reading is like just as I'm reading this before I take it as a command for me, what is this communicating to me about what good, what God desires for me and for the world and for the church? Yeah, that's great. Um, so even moving out of this week, thinking, um, you know, so we have this time in group, we practice like Dio Divina. What would you want students to to carry out of this group, maybe in their in their prayer lives? Yeah. So um, this kind of brings to mind a few things, but I think the first the first thing I would say is actually what I don't desire. I don't think that coming out of this week, people, I, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy if people came out of this week like, oh, I'm so ready to live the Sermon on the Mount. I'm also not super pumped up by people saying like, oh man, I just am ready to be a Lectio Divina master. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually they come out of this week doing the Lectio Divina on this verse and actually letting the verse mainly determine who they are Mm -hmm. letting the fact that you know if we're going through the four pieces here maybe i'm this is a spoiler but that god desires us not to be afraid that we are his flock and he is our shepherd and um that actually we operate all of life everything we do our growth our, our life with god flows out of the fact that god is just so happy to give us good gifts even just to be attentive to like, man, there's this kingdom that's available to me that the Lord wants to reveal to me that I can't just stumble my way into, that I have to take advantage of the grace that's been given me and to to lean in and to um, align myself with this kingdom through prayer. Uh, and I have to put myself continually at the Father's feet to align my heart to be a heart that's after that kingdom, because if I don't, I'm going to be after the kingdom of the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. Cool. Well, we will wrap it there. Reese, thank you for your work here. Thank you for this invitation into Lectio Divina. Um, we hope that the Lord just uses it to to do just that, to align your hearts to, uh, to his kingdom and his ways and informs uh, how you will read 
scripture going forward and even maybe maybe this is a good time to like reset and reread the first um first couple passages if there's a part that's really uh jumped out to you from what we studied so far like go back and do like geo divina on that like that is definitely not uh not against the rules so um reese thank you and we hope you guys have a great group this week see ya